we're seeing and we're living in a super interesting world where your uh, challenges as a corporate, where your challenges as a startup start to mirror themselves a lot. If we think that startups are only benefiting from the, the relationship with corporates, or if corporates are only taking from startups, that's not gonna work. You need to have your boots on the ground and you need to be connected to where things are happening. And in this sense, the connections that BCG has to the startup ecosystem are unparalleled. Well, hello listeners, and welcome back to another episode of our Platinian on Digital podcast. I am your host, Tim Lum. This week, we explore the world of startups. Startups have, over the last two decades, generated some of the biggest digital products and services that we know of today. Google, Facebook, Amazon, Uber, and Expedia, to name a few, are critical products that we use now day to day. But at some point in the past, were tiny little startups looking to change the world and disrupt the industries that they are known for now. This week, I have the pleasure of having Julian Hermann, a BCG Platinian Managing Director in our Santiago office, to discuss the topic of startups and corporates altogether. Not just why they're important to keep an eye out for, to stay ahead of the game, but also to look at how they can power innovation in a corporate setting. Welcome, Julian. It's great to have someone from South America on our podcast. Thanks so much, Tim, for your time and uh, for the great introduction. And greetings to everybody from sunny Santiago. Yes, I'm, I'm truly jealous. I've been to Santiago once and uh, I, I loved it as a city and, and love to go back. Well, this is actually a very interesting podcast for me, uh, as I've spent some time in startups and high tech. But actually more so because this is not entirely about deep tech, which is what BCG Platinian tends to, to do. Uh, but really also about how BCG Platinian can help corporations and tech startups uh, solve tangible business problems together. So tell me, how did you get into this in the first place? You know, what was the steer for you to get involved in startups uh, and innovation? That's a super good question, Tim. Thanks for asking it. Uh, and again, I think that uh, through all my life, uh, I've been uh, either being involved in the entrepreneurship ecosystem, either as an entrepreneur, as a consultant, or as an advisor to high-tech uh, companies. started back in the day as a social entrepreneur, doing, uh, doing some work there, trying to, to help uh, low-income uh, entrepreneurs develop their skills and grow. I moved also into, into tech entrepreneurship myself, doing some cool stuff in, in emerging tech. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. Learn from both. If I have to be honest, learn most from the mistakes than uh, from the things that went good. And, uh, and also I've been working with a lot of entrepreneurs uh, themselves into trying to help them get the tools and, uh, and the perspective in order to grow their businesses. For example, working with Endeavor as a mentor for the past uh, 10 years. So what are some of the things that you have learned as a, a mentor that you bring to BCG Platinian now as we turn to help you know, corporates with innovation? So when you think about the big problems that our large corporate clients are facing, and, and you're seeing the level of uh, change that we're seeing in the market today, it's not so different 
than what the startups, what the entrepreneurs are facing today. So we're seeing and we're living in a super interesting world where your uh, challenges as a corporate, where your challenges as a startup start to mirror themselves a lot. And, uh, and there's a lot of learning that we can bring from the startup community to the large techs. And we can also bring that knowledge from the corporates to the, to the smaller companies. It used to be the time back in the day when we would look at the startups and say, okay, these are the little brothers, sisters, and everything has to be learned from the, from the corporates. Now we're living in a, in a different world. Especially, I liked what you said during that intro. In terms of what are the new talent pools looking for when they join companies? The new, the new generations are looking for startups because they can grow because they, they share the purposes of the companies they're going to be working for, because they like the challenges that they're facing, and also because they, they need to be in a culture where they can be themselves. Corporates are not usually known for being like that. In the way that corporates can think of how they're going to be attracting this, uh, this new talent pool, by giving this value proposition to them, that's going to be a win situation for them. The other side of the coin is startups need to learn a little bit also how can they keep this talent as they grow and how can they set up their purposes and their processes and everything in order to retain this talent. As we all know that we've been in, in the entrepreneurial world, grass is always greener on the other side and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and there's unstructuredness, I don't want to use the word chaos, in working on a, on a startup environment that sometimes needs to, to, to be taken care of if you want to keep your, your good talent on the long run. Now that's such a great thing because what you're describing is almost a symbiotic relationship between startups and corporates and what they can actually learn from each other. So what do you think is the, the market for this, right? And, and why do you think corporates need help to innovate or to partner with or even acquire firms to solve some of the problems that they have? And then actually on the flip side, what do you think startups can actually really gain from partnering with corporates to create some of that structure, to create some of the trajectory for growth almost in an environment that helps them to do so? So what do you think on both sides, the symbiotic relationship can actually really generate? Let's go a little bit deeper into that. So I like the way that you put it. Uh, this needs to become a symbiotic relationship. If this is a one-sided transaction, that doesn't work. If we think that startups are only benefiting from the, the relationship with corporates, or if corporates are only taking from startups, that's not gonna work. There needs to be two sides to this equation and they both need to bring value to it. Let me put you a few examples. When we start thinking of fintech and we start seeing uh, the ways that uh, fintechs approach banks, it's not only that fintechs are bringing everything to the table. We've seen the large players in the world, the Revoluts, bringing amazing experiences to their clients. We've seen the emergence of new business models that we had not seen before in banking. We've seen the nimbleness in order to test and redeploy your solutions. There's a lot of things that in the fintech arena, you can see that this, uh, this new entrants are bringing and they're being super successful. On the flip side, when you think of the bank, 
or if you think of the, the insurance company, there's a lot of uh, assets that they are bringing to the table too. I mean, one, the brand, it's super important. In our research, one of the things that we've seen that uh, startups value more from the large players is that in order to build a financial product, in order to be successful with a financial product, people need to trust you. And there's one thing that large corporates in the financial arena have, it's trust, it's brand. That's one thing. The second one is clients, right? A large client base is always interesting. It's always something that needs to be taken care of. But on the flip side, the, the problem there is that it needs to be taken care of. The third thing that is relevant here, and this is one of the areas that uh, in my experience I've seen that fintechs overlook more, is the regulatory prowess that banks, insurance companies, asset managers have that in the move fast and break things mindset of startups sometimes tend to forget or, or leave for later. When you play in this arena, you need to have and a clear understanding of what can or can't be done. Corporates have been doing this, and this is something that they can bring to the table, and I've seen work super good. I mean, if you look at the, at the large fintechs, especially in Latin America, that have been successful, they've managed to, to balance this act of moving fast, but at the same time being regulatory savvy. So it sounds like, you know, say in the fintech space, what the, the fintechs bring to the table is that nimbleness, is that really the tech element of it to to break through some of the the issues that maybe in a regulatory environment you can't really think past that and you can't really innovate but then actually what the bigger corporates bring to the table is their size is their weight is their knowledge in the regulatory environment and help the startups to actually be able to deploy uh, this new technology in a wider scale and still yet be compliant in that world let me give you another example. There's an area where there's a lot of development these days. It's in the agile ways of working. Corporates are starting to see the reality as it is today, and they are seeing that they need to be more agile in working. And they tend to look at startups as a, a way to work faster, as a way to bring in the agile methodologies. On the flip side, when you look at the way that agile it's been done today, in startups, and trust me, I've been there, so I, I've seen how we do Agile in the startup world. It's, uh, if you want to call it, it's, it's something that's been more organic and growing. There's not a lot of structure, there's not a lot of ceremonies, and where I think that also having a third-party perspective on how do you build these Agile ways of working in the structure of a corporate that needs to learn, and also how you distill the methodology between what startups do today and what they should be doing in a more structured way, that's a key thing that can be learned by this collaboration between startups and corporates. It's not that there's a magic formula, but the way that we ingrain these ways of working in an agile fashion, it's super important. Bringing methodology and bringing speed, that's a key part of this equation. So these are really great examples of how the relationship can really be symbiotic between you know, the startup and the corporate itself. So if we think about your experience now within BCG Platinian and your time here so far, what are some of the partnerships and acquisitions that we as BCG and BCG Platinian or you personally have been involved with and where have we seen a huge amount of value add for the client? 
I love that question, Tim. Uh, and I think that there's no one size fit all approach to this. The easiest one or the, the less friction one, it's when large corporates trust startups on their products. For example, a large corporate, a large bank hires a startup in order to help them with their credit checks, in order to help them with their uh, biometrics, in order to help them fix a particular problem. This is super important because on the one side, the, the large corporate gets something in return. On the other hand, the startup gets the opportunity to work and to basically validate the product with somebody that matters in the market. So this one that can sound basic, this is super important and it needs a lot of things to happen. I keep talking about banks because I, I want to give you the, the most regulated one or one of the most regulated industries to, uh, as an example where this can happen, but this can happen in any industry. If you are a corporate and you want to work with startups and you want to hire startups to do certain things, your processes are going to have to change. I mean, the way that you do acquisitions needs to change. You cannot pay a startup 60 days, 90 days after when they delivered, because if you do so, most probably you're not going to find anybody to pay to. And you, you need to, to be super nimble, you need to be super fast, and you need to think that they're doing their work with different time frames than you. So that, that's one thing. So yeah, it's product validation as, as, the, as the first one as you're talking about, right? Absolutely. The second one, it's a little bit more involved, and it's the co-development of solutions. Let me put you an example. You are a, a large manufacturing company, and you want to develop a product to help you streamline your operations. So you bring a startup not to fix an end client problem, you bring them to fix something together and build something that we could even go to market together. Not easy on both sides, but it's something that could be done. The next step of involvement is I become your partner. How do I become your partner? Investing in you. And, uh, and this is, uh, again, there, there's multiple ways to do it. There's the, the one-off investment in a, in a company on a minority stake, on a larger stake. And this way you tend to align the, both behaviors and you tend to align the objectives of both. Then there, there's more established ways to do it. For example, the corporate uh, venture capital mode where companies they pull the resources in order to have a more diversified approach to tech. Mm -hmm. And in the most uh, advanced cases where you think that whatever you're doing, it's farther away from your core, you think mm -hmm. in investing as a company in venture capital firms that are testing this in such a way that even though it's a higher risk proposition, this is not so close to your core that, that you need to be monitoring so, so closely and you can give professionals the opportunity to do it. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like we're going from just really a sort of light touch product validation to now we're, we're looking at sort of more VC, almost acquisition, heavy investment that a VC firm will help you to manage that uh, part of the business for you. Are there any sort of close relationships? I mean, obviously there's a acquisition as it stands and actually assimilation of that business into, into the corporate. Is that then the closest element of how the corporate and the 
the startup can actually work together? The way I would frame it is there are certain things that are, as a corporate, super close to your core and things that, that you know well how they work. And there are things that are longer bets. Another dimension is how much variability there is on the, on the technology itself. If you want, if you want to think it from a technology, so you're going to have things that are super close to your core and things that are super low variability, super low risks. And in that sense, you want to favor an approach where you know it. So you're either going to be partnering very closely or you're going to be buying the product from the south because there's not a lot of risk. The trick, it's on the, on the other side of this axis, on the, on the closeness to the core, on the variability or risk axis. What happens when somebody comes with a business that it's not so close to your core and it's super, super risky? Then the, the answer, it's easier, right? It's like, maybe this is not for me. On the diagonal of this imaginary matrix that we're building, it's where the, the, the fringe cases lie that you need to think of it more strategically. On the diagonal of this imaginary matrix that we're building, it's where the, the, the fringe cases lie that you need to think of it more strategically. If th- something is uh, closer to your core and high viability, or if it's too high viability, being an expert to help you understand it. And this is where you bring uh, a venture capital to do it. So you, you're not your own venture capital. You bring somebody else. When you start getting closer to your core competences or your core knowledge, then you have something to bring to the table. Then you have relationships. Then you have knowledge of the product. Then you have things that, that you can contribute and actually make the case that you could be a good corporate venture capital firm, right? And that's where you start playing yourself as a corporate venture capital. So as we were discussing, there's no one size fits all. It really needs to be, to be thought as a portfolio of options. And actually that goes into one of the other questions I had, which is some of the complexities of this work itself and the fact that each deal or each acquisition or partnership is, is pretty unique and almost has to be looked at from scratch. So are the complexities of each of these you know, acquisitions, partnerships, uh, really about more of the due diligence aspect? Or you know, do, do we see some of it as it's a must do in order to acquire a new product or a different cultural uh, way of working? So, so you need to think about the, the technology that you're bringing in, right? If this is something that you think it's, uh, it's something that's going to make you successful in the long term, you need to think of the market. You need to think, okay, how am I going to win here and how are you going to be able to, to bring uh, the talents of the mothership in order to make this uh, a successful venture when we, when we partner? You need to think something that we talked in the beginning of this conversation that we keep circling back about the talent. One of the best ways to bring good talent to your company is through this uh, inorganic place, right? Or what they call the acqui-hires or bringing a team of excellent people where you are betting on by bringing these people, you're going to be able to even transform yourself. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it goes back to our very old adage of people, process, and technology that as you acquire these firms, one, it's the people, the acquihire 
then it's about you know how these processes actually fit together. If the processes are pretty far apart, and actually it's the ways of working, the envelope of where it needs to be a whole lot closer to to the business for a regulatory purpose, you know those sorts of things that then say, okay, well actually we're we're in very different spaces. Uh, where I have to be highly, super highly regulated, and in this area they haven't even considered that, and this whole process is not going to work. But then actually, it's the technology aspects as well, right? It's like how much、uh, can we actually integrate this? How much will it take to integrate the two things together? Whether it's our core systems、uh, in a corporate versus the startups itself. So it, it comes right back to you know people, process, and technology that that we usually talk about. And so, I guess one of the final questions I've got is: Why are we as BCG and BCG Platinum, you know, uniquely positioned to win in this space? And what's our right to win? And also, what's you know, what are the equations to make it work for for BCG and BCG Platinum to to help businesses、uh, either you know be almost a, a a corporate venture capital firm themselves, or to to coordinate and partner with. Uh, with smaller startups to to do some of this product validation at a at a sort of、uh, a much more distant level. So when you think about what you need to be in order to to be successful in the, in doing these partnerships, there, there's a few things that、uh, that BCG can bring to the table that、uh, that I think are super relevant to to our to our clients and to the startups. One is that.、Uh, We have a broad view of what are the strategic levers that all the industries are doing. I mean, we have a, a super strong、uh, strategy team. We have a super strong、uh, view on what's important for companies and what are the things that they should be focusing on. And this is relevant for understanding what are going to be their challenges in the future. Yeah, it's it's this idea of really a digital BCG. It's not just the strategy elements that we're already very known for.、Uh, it's not just uh, our uh, private investor and, and private equity or program or our pipe at, at least that is it's really you know looking at、uh, deals and, and and how to how to acquire. But then it's also you know the, like you mentioned the,、um, uh, the 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 businesses that are part of BCG and digital BCG that are really about. Uh, the technology, whether it's an AI and 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 knowing the algorithms and being able to tear those apart and assess them to the tech and BCG Platinum in the sense that、uh, we'll know exactly whether this is、uh, this has been cobbled together. How much will it take to actually integrate that with the corporate itself and and doing that end to end due diligence that's necessary? So, do you think that this is a a, a space that? We continue to see where BCG and BCG Platinum can play in, and how do we kind of accelerate this、uh, within you know the BCG and BCG Platinum space? So, one thing that also it's very relevant in order to be successful when working with startups, when working、uh, with corporates, is to be plugged into the ecosystem. So you cannot do, do this just、uh, from the outside. So on the one side, BCG culture is super entrepreneurial. And this is something that we thrive on, and this this is something that we bring the best talent, such as you guys here in the in the table, to to market. This is something that brings us all and makes us all happy. But、uh, one thing that you need to be super cognizant about is that you need to have your boots on the ground, and you need to be connected to where things are happening. And in this sense, the connections that BCG has to the startup 
ecosystem are unparalleled. We're super close to companies that are doing, for example, spatial computing and understanding what they're doing at the forefront of their, of their knowledge. We're working with accelerators, uh, working, for example, with Mass Challenge, with Startup Chile, Hello Tomorrow in Europe. And that's bringing ourselves super close to where things are happening, to where the actual rubber meets the road. And this is uh, something that's necessary. And this is something super interesting that we can bring to the clients too. That's great. And actually, um, these are things that even for me as a, as a BCG Platinum employee, you know, you don't always hear about some of the things that we are working with, the startup accelerators. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I've been uh, in the startup space, or at least in the scale-up space. And that is always a, a very interesting part of my life that I continue to want to get to know a little bit about. And so I think that this is a great place to really kind of end our conversation because I think what we really have today is a good understanding of how startups can work with corporates. What are the key success criteria that then help to make it a success? But also what are the considerations when corporates and startups really need to to look at when they're starting to work closer and closer together in order to have that symbiotic relationship between the startup and the corporate? So thank you, Julian, for being here today. It's been a very educational experience for me. I'm, I'm hoping that it's also a very educational experience for our listeners today. Uh, but really, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Tim, for putting this together. Also, just think of this podcast as one of the cool ways that we are entrepreneurial ourselves into building new things that can build value for everybody. 